to a malfunction rocket launch. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. We showed you literally every highlight from the BYU side of the TCU loss, 44-11. <laughs> Didn't take long. On Saturday, it was about 15 seconds. Unfortunately, there weren't as many as we wanted. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann in Studio B. Let's break it all down. We just told you what we thought in the last segment. Now it's time to talk to ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Honey, Maddich Monday. Hi, Trev. How you doing, man? Well, good morning. I'm doing great, except not. Yeah, it was a tough Saturday. BYU did not compete uh, hardly at all against TCU. What did you see and what stuck out from Saturday's loss? Well, it starts with this. TCU uh, came to play. TCU has outstanding players. They're a lot better than people think, even though they lost a lot of guys from last year's run to the national championship game. They did a good job of replacing those guys in the transfer portal. So this was a, a, a serious, legitimate team. So we start there. And then BYU started really slow. And on top of that, BYU was depleted in the secondary especially. So I think in some ways we need to, at this point, stop and make sure that we give them some grace. Because when you look, for example, at the, the safety position, I mean, they, they came into the season depleted at safety because of preseason injuries. And then they had more injuries and more and more. And in this game, they played about half a game with a converted wide receiver. And TCU took advantage of that. I mean, take a look at take a look at the the Rose Bowl from two years ago, Utah against Ohio State, and, and Utah had so many injuries at corner that they had a running back line up at corner, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, Buckeyes receiver, had over 300 receiving yards that game. Well, th there comes a time when it actually does matter when you have so many guys hurt at the same position, and all those things sort of added up to a perfect storm for BYU against TCU. Trevor, is BYU in trouble here, or do you think Saturday was just a, a bad day? Well, I think there's a little bit of both in there. Saturday was a bad day. But when you look at the, you know, the, the rest of the season as it unfolds, the way for BYU to win games, and again, right now, for fans, the first goal here is to get to six, and they've got four right now wins. The, the way for them to get it is to play more cleanly with fewer mistakes and better execution than the opponent because they're going to face a lot of opponents that have that have just more depth of talent than BYU does at this point because of recruiting. Uh, they've been recruiting in the Big 12 for decades. BYU now is, is getting started in that. And then injuries for BYU. So, so that's how they need to be competitive, right? And right now they're not playing as cleanly as they need to play, as they can play. Because all we can ask of them is to maximize their capacity, to maximize their potential. And right now, I don't think they're, they're near there. Previous to Saturday's game, if BYU was winning the turnover margin, they were winning the game. This was not the case. This was an even margin. Obviously, the pick six to start on the opening possession does not help. But BYU was outmanned and outgunned. So moving forward, is there a game where BYU you feel like BYU – 
uh, will continue to uh, compete. We hope Saturday, right? But at Texas and against Oklahoma, you hope for competition at least, right? Yeah, Saturday is is big because Texas Tech is coming to town. And whereas TCU was working on their backup quarterback because of injury, it looks like Texas Tech is coming in with their third string quarterback. Yeah. So it looks like BYU should have a big advantage at that position. We'll we'll see how things shake out. But remember that this Texas Tech team took Oregon to the limit earlier in the season. And Oregon is a legitimate top six or seven team. I mean, their Oregon is, is fantastic. Texas Tech stood toe-to-toe with them. And so this will be a tough one. And then as you look through the rest of the schedule, uh, especially on defense, the teams that they're facing are really strong. I mean, we know about Oklahoma and Texas's offenses. But from a defensive standpoint, Iowa State is third in the Big 12 in terms of yards allowed. Iowa State is is second in, or excuse me, points allowed. They're second, and West Virginia is fourth in the Big 12 in terms of yards allowed. So you're looking at team Texas Tech, by the way, is fifth in sacks in the Big 12. So you're talking about future opponents that rate really well statistically in terms of not just their offense, but their defense. And so this is a very important game. I wouldn't necessarily call it a must win for BYU to get to six, but it's a very important game for that quest. Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. Keaton Slovis had a tough day on Saturday. He was the first to admit it on our postgame show uh, afterwards. Uh, if you are the offensive coordinator for Saturday night against Texas Tech, what are you doing on the first two possessions to get Slovis in a groove to where he's comfortable and then everyone else follows suit? I am scheming to get guys open. I mean, as I, as I do breakdowns on uh, some of the best teams in the country for SportsCenter and uh, College Football Live and things like that on ESPN, I, I'm, I'm taking deep dives into what these guys are doing. One that I did last week on Washington's offense uh, showed how creative they are at the short passing game. Arizona did the best job of anybody at slowing Washington down. They did it by backing everybody out. So they took away that deep pass. And then it wasn't just throwing checkdowns and bubble screens that Washington did. They had, for example, screens. They had a whole bunch of different kinds of screens that would hit different points of attack. They used different combinations of blockers. One of them, they didn't even throw the screen. They got to it with a jet sweep but it amounted to a screen. All kinds of different creative ways to, to spring guys and get them into a position where they have an advantage at the point of attack. I did the same thing with Oregon's offense and, and showed a couple of plays where uh, from their pick menu. In other words, they have all kinds of, of picks. These are legal if you do it correctly. And one of them was crossing routes where they had two guys crossing to set the pick. It was man coverage, so there were two defenders there. And all four of those guys made a wall about three yards deep that the receiver, intended receiver, was able to rub his guy off on. It was fantastic. Another Oregon pick wasn't on crossing routes. It was vertical. It was a vertical pick where they had guys running down the sideline, setting a pick down the field. It was fantastic. It was creative. It schemed to get individual guys open and it was executed at a high level. These are the kinds of things that BYU's offense needs to do in order to maximize the potential that they have. Regarding the run game, and you addressed certain elements of what BYU could do in that, and the lone touchdown was a jet sweep to Keelan Marion from three yards out. BYU is second uh, worst in the country in rush yards per game, 67.5. That would be fine if they were throwing for 300 a game. They are not at the moment. And then if you throw out total per game, because Teams uh, rush a different amount every game. BYU's last in yards per carry. We're six games in, Trevor. BYU has shown us what they are. 
At what point do you uh, abandon f sort of preseason philosophy regarding the run game and go a different direction to try and open up the offense in some way? Well, the run game kind of is what it is at this point. But you can't not run. You have to continue to do something to make the defense respect it. Part of the reason is that play-action pass has to work. And so th there's got to be some modicum of a, of a run threat. I think that being creative there is important too. BYU uh, has some athletic guys that you can use in pulls and things like that. But they need to figure out what those linemen can do best and then call run plays to make those kinds of things happen. But really, it's the passing game that's going to have to carry the team. And this is where execution comes in. I mean, on the pick six uh, the, that started the game against TCU, as I looked at that, I saw, you know, it was multiple shallow crosses. And I saw Isaac Rex line up on the right as a wide receiver and come across on a shallow cross. And there was another receiver on the on the other side, on the, on the, on the left. Rex was on the right, coming to the left. Receiver lined up on the left, went upfield, and if he came right across, right behind Rex, he would have picked off Rex's guy. Rex would have been wide open on that play. Instead, the receiver on the left kind of bent it upfield a little bit so that he wasn't in position for a pick. Now, maybe he was coached to do that, but you know, I, 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 he, they missed an opportunity there. But then it was man coverage. And when the ball came his way, the receiver on the left found that his defender was right in front of him. And instead of ducking in front of that defender, cutting him off so that the receiver's body was between the ball and the defender, the receiver just stopped. You don't stop on a crossing route on man coverage. You stop on zone coverage when you sit between the zones when you get to the other side of the field. If it's man coverage, you keep running. And you can't allow that defender to be in front of you when the ball comes. And so this, I'm not saying that that play is why they lost the game. And it turned into a pick six because the receiver wasn't where the quarterback thought the ball was going to be when he threw it under pressure. I'm not saying that that play lost the game. What I'm saying is that the execution is a real head-scratcher. Because if he was coached to do those things, I've got to wonder why. And if he, he was coached to do it the way I described it, which is what most teams do, then why didn't he do it that way? And how can he be coached to do it better the next time? This is where BYU needs to improve. Precise execution on creative plays. And so when you talk about the running game, I don't think you're going to do a lot to improve the running game. But there is a lot of improvement in terms of creativity and especially execution available to them in the passing game. And the next challenge is Texas Tech Saturday night on homecoming at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Trevor, we appreciate the keen insight and honesty always. Have a great week, man. Thanks, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. BYU is one of only two teams with 10 or more rushing touchdowns that average below three yards per carry. It's like a, they, they've been able to score touchdowns in spite of that in the run game, but it's just frustrating that through six, and it, you are what you are at this point, uh, there's not going to be this massive change, you'd think. You can't run the ball effectively. So what do they do against Texas Tech to sort of get out of that? We have yet to see a 400-yard total offense game, Dave. Seems like this is a big week for the coaches to fix some things that can be fixed. Uh, they're going to earn their money this week. And for the guys to rise up after getting 
knocked around. I, and it'll be a very interesting response on Saturday night. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is coming up tomorrow night. The coach and a player will sit down with Greg Rubel and our live studio audience starts at 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. After the break, Ben Bywater out for the season. How big of a loss is that? Plus, Puka Nakua is compared to which Ted Lasso character? This is BYU Sports Nation. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Reaction Monday after BYU lost to TCU. Jerome Jordan alongside Dave McCann here on BYU Sports Nation. Well, Spencer didn't feel like he did enough interviews in the postgame show, so he and the crew drove four hours to Houston and went to the Saints-Texans game and talked to Daniel Sorensen and Taysom Hill. We begin with his conversation with Mr. Everything, Taysom Hill, after the game yesterday. Taysom, it's always nice to catch up with you in the state of Texas. And uh, albeit after a tough BYU weekend at TCU, and and you guys fall short against the Houston Texans, but overall, how's how's the NFL season been for you and the Saints to this point? Man, every, everything's been really good. I, I've I've had a ton of fun, you know, playing in the NFL in the in the city of New Orleans, and um, this particular season, I you know, we've had a few tough losses, um, but overall, look, we've we've got a really good team, and we just got to find a way to win these close games. I couldn't help but think and rewind to 2013 when you were here with BYU playing against Houston in a game that you ran for over 100 yards in and passed for over 400 yards in. What's it like to be back in this stadium where that happened? I mean, it's it's a little surreal. You know, I think you have moments in college where you get to come and play in NFL venues and stadiums that, you know, makes it a little bit different and special. And, you know, I think as a college player, you're always, hey, I'm hoping to get to the NFL. And then... I have the opportunity to come back in a stadium having played here in college and then to, to look back at the last seven years. It's a little surreal and you know I think sometimes you have to take a step back and, and uh, really appreciate the process and, and how things have gone and uh, it's, it's been a fun week for that. You do so many things for the Saints. Have they given you a designated position? If so, what is it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, look, it's been quarterback since I got here a couple of years ago. They said, hey, we're going to say you're a tight end. And then, you know, this year I think I showed up on the QB depth chart again. So, um, look, I'm, I'm just here and, and happy to be part of the team. And, look, we got a, a great staff that I'm, I'm grateful has created a lot of opportunities for me. And, um, man, I look forward to every one of them, frankly. Seven catches today. How do you feel about being a primary receiver in, in this instance? Uh, look, man, I had so much fun today. Uh, this was this was a little unique, and uh, I felt like I was going to have a few more opportunities today. Um, and man, it's 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 a little bit new and, and different for me. But uh, man, I love just being out on the field with my guys and having opportunities to affect the outcome of the game. Daniel Sorensen gets elevated from the practice squad. Jamal, Daniel, Taysom, all together on the Saints. What's that like to have that BYU tie there with three guys? Uh, so much fun. Uh, you know, we, we've all played together, and uh, to see see those guys in the locker room is, is so much fun. And, again, I think it's one of those moments where you kind of take a step back and you're like, hey, we're all here. And um, I made a joke to to our GM about, like, hey, we need more BYU guys here, you know. And he said, hey, we love it, but except our average age on our team goes way up. Uh, but it's been a ton of fun. Now, you in the state of Texas holds a special place in the hearts of BYU fans, whether it's playing here in Houston or 
in Austin. BYU is going to be in Austin in a couple of weeks. What advice would you give to the guys about playing well against the University of Texas? Yeah, look, I, I think I, I've always loved going on the road, playing in hostile environments. And, and you know, after seven years in the NFL and, and playing five years at BYU, it all boils down to really two things, in my opinion, about playing this game. And you got to play with energy and emotion, you know. And if you, you take the field and you do that, you're going to have an opportunity every week. And that's the type of the team BYU is, you know. They, they take the field and they're going to have an opportunity to win. Um, and it's about doing all the little things with, with energy and, and emotion. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like the Cougs. I know you've got passionate fan bases behind you with the Saints, certainly with BYU. What's your message to BYU fans as Cougars push through the Big 12 and, and you continue your NFL career? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's really fun to be a part of a fan base that you feel a lot of love in. You know, so I, I think, you know, I, you're, you're asking me all these nostalgic questions. <laughs> you know, I, I think there have been moments in my career, in my life, where you kind of take a step back and and you look at how things have, have happened, and I always feel so much gratitude. But, you know, I think part of that is because I've been a part of such loyal fan bases. I've been a part of teams and fans that really embrace who you are and, and what you're doing, and I've certainly felt that in New Orleans, and I've felt that at BYU. And um, so it, it just boils down to, you know, gratitude, and, and we all appreciate it. Taysom, your class act. So glad things are going well for the NFL. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. It's good to see you guys. Thanks to Spence and Taysom. Yeah, of course they'd be nostalgic. That's, yeah. how, we, that's how we roll, right? That's how we roll. <laughs> the best play Taysom's made uh, as of late is watching him chase his boy around uh, the country club, uh, just having the time of his life. And, and uh, you know, he's taken a lot of hits. He's made a lot of great plays. He's handled himself in highs and lows the way that you would hope anybody would, uh, let alone a BYU quarterback, which is in the spotlight so much more than, than most. Yep. He's just... He's just first class. 42.6 mil uh, earned so far, contracted for 62.6. So right. life's good in the Hill household in New Orleans Should and be with that. in Provo. One time I went to a sacrament meeting in New Orleans, and it was the same sacrament meeting that the Hills were at. Oh, yeah. So Taysom's like, what are you doing here? He's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing a rugby game, whatever. Uh, Daniel Sorensen, also on the Saints, did not play in the game yesterday, but uh, he was sitting at home a couple weeks ago. He's back in the NFL, a lot of experience for Daniel, a Super Bowl champ as well. Here's uh, Daniel Sorensen with Spencer. Danny, you and I were just talking about some memories that we had BYU 10 years ago playing against Houston in this stadium. Obviously a different feel in the NFL, but what's it like to come back and, and think about those games you play with BYU, specifically in NRG Stadium? Yeah, um, I've got great memories here because up until today, I think I've, I've won every time I've played in here, but uh, it's a great environment. I remember playing in that Houston game um, against Houston and it just being electric, a back and forth game, a battle that came down to the you know last plays and that's what it came down to today. You know, we had an opportunity and um, you know, tight games like this, it's just about making one more play than the opponent. We came up short today, but um, no, the energy, the fans, um, the team, it was a it was a hard fought battle. What's the last month and a half been like for you? Yeah, um, it's just been, you know, having to have a lot of patience, right? Um, you know, things were out of my control. Uh, but what I could control was being focused, being ready for when, you know, your opportunity comes. You know, my, that first game, BYU's first game at home was my first game as a spectator in the stadium. <laughs> I had never watched the game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium ever. Um, you know, obviously I played, right? Uh, but never was in the stand. So that was a unique experience for me. 
Um, but, you know, I, I knew that, you know, if I had an opportunity, I still love the game. And, and uh, so being back here is great. You know, trying to pick up where I left off and trying to make the most of it. Very, very cool that you get to play this game on the same NFL team with not one but two BYU teammates. I know Jamal Williams is yeah. still on injured reserve, but Taysom Hill's in the locker room with you. What's that like to have those guys with you? It's awesome. I mean, that's why you love this game, right, is, is the guys you get to hang out with in the locker room and spend time with and, and to spend time with guys that you know, I played with. This is like 11, 12 years ago. I mean, because this is my 10th year in the NFL, and, and we played back in 2012, 2013 together. I mean, that's, that's knowing, you know, knowing your teammates for a long time. They talk about the band of brothers, right, the, the relationship and friendships that you, that you build um, in college. And, and now we get to extend those and, and enjoy those even in the NFL. It's, it's, it's special, you know. Uh, it's, and they had great careers themselves, you know, and, and so it's a testament to, to, you know, to both of those guys as well that they've, they're still playing well. And hopefully Jamal gets back out there and we can, you know, we can keep this thing going. All right, a couple questions about BYU to wrap up. Yeah. As you watch the Cougars venture through the Big 12, uh, it's, it's been up and down for sure. Um, but what advice would you give to those guys as they step up level in competition and they got to work through a Power 5 conference? Yeah, um, something that I was told young in my career is adapt or die, right? So new challenges, new opportunities, you know, they're, they're going to have to learn how to adapt to a, a, a full schedule playing week in and week out, tough opponents. You know, you've got to adapt and rise to the occasion, um, and I think they will, and I know they will. Um, they've got a great group of players, well coached, um, bring great energy to all their games. And so you know, it's about adapting to the speed, ab adapting to the new teams that they're playing, right? Maybe not as familiar with, um, but, you know, I believe that, you know, you know given, given the opportunity, they're going to rise to the occasion. You know a thing or two about beating Texas. You did it in 2013. BYU's back in Austin in a couple of weeks. So do you have any specific advice for this BYU football team as they take on the Longhorns in Austin? Yeah, I, I remember, um, you know, the environment, I think it's like 101,000 fans. I mean, it's all the burnt orange and stuff like that. But once that whistle blows, it's, you know, it's football, right? So not, not to get kind of caught up in, you know, you know, let's say the, how big the, the game might be or seem, um, but, you know, just go out there and play ball, you know. They're, they can compete. They've got great talent, great ability, and, uh, you know, I best, wish them the best of luck. Daniel, great to see you back with the New Orleans Saints. We appreciate the time, man. Good luck pushing forward. Yeah, thank you. Daniel Sorensen, awesome correction, did have four snaps in yesterday's game. So it's cool that he is still in the NFL. Awesome. Like he is still kicking, super vet there, and has, has seen in just about everything. Fantastic. We wish him a healthy rest of the season. BYU Sports Nation's hitting the road. You got your bags packed? Literally, there I'm going go. from here to the airport. Big 12 basketball meetings. The show will be live in Kansas City. Hey. Starting tomorrow. Women's Media Day and the men follow on Wednesday. Jerem Spencer and the guys on location. That's how we do it tomorrow from Kansas City. Coming up, happy birthday to which notable campus figure that we're showing B-roll of right now? wonder who it could be. This is BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. He's the best. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back.
back to Big 12 Basketball Media Days from Kansas City, Missouri in the T-Mobile Center. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Twitter or X, whatever, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. This segment presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's begin and or continue, I should say, our BYU women's basketball preview here from the heart of America, the city of fountains in Kansas City with Don't Lauren Gustin. The city of fountains? The city of fountains. I haven't seen said fountains. Where that's, are why, they? that's why the Kansas City Royals have all the fountains in their oh, okay. stadium, that's right? That's cool. We need to find said fountains. Where are they, Timmy? Where are they? Okay, we'll go see them later. All right, we're searching for the fountain of youth for sure. Uh, joining us now is BYU forward Lauren Gustin. The nation's leading rebounder. Let's go. <laughs> yes, Lauren, great to have you in what's Kansas up? City. Thank you. What's up? I'm glad to be here. It's what, fun to be here, right? What's this event like for you? I mean, you've been around women's college basketball for a long time, but this is your first go-around with the Big 12, so what's this experience like for you? Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Um, just a lot of, like, thankfulness right now. Just happy to be here and, uh, you know, be able to be with BYU people out here and with the, the team and the crew, so both the girls. So I'm pumped. Yeah, an eventful summer. This is our first conversation with you since entered the portal, yeah. came back. Walk us through that process for you. Yeah. Um, it was it was crazy for sure. Um, went in the portal for a short amount of time. Um, went in closed, just kind of had, you know, um, one particular – other school and interest, and then ultimately decide to come back to BYU. Um, super, super thankful. Um, I'm happy for the whole process going in and then coming back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have changed it, but I'm very happy to be back. I'm really yeah. glad with my decision and I'm excited for my last year here. What did you learn in that process? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely gained a whole different appreciation for BYU and um, just really – wanted to be back, wanted to be back with coach and my girls and um, just, you know, kind of realized like how great I do have it at BYU and how lucky and fortunate I am to be able to be an athlete there. So, so you had an experience where you were like, wait, I actually do want to come back. Like what, mm-hmm. what happened where you were like, Oh, BYU is the choice. For me. Yeah. I think just stepping away and then kind of, um, you know, evaluating both schools, both options and kind of going through it and then just being like, wow, I want to, you know, go home for my last year as in BYU is home, BYU feels like home. And um, just kind of seeing all the people reached out from BYU and their love and their support. Um, the collective depression from BYU fans <laughs> on social media. Yeah. Like, did you get validated <laughs> to the point where it sort of changed you in some way um, from before you entered the point? Yeah, you know, you feel definitely more appreciative. And uh, just, you know, seeing the love that my coach and all the girls have for me regardless and just wanting me to be happy in general was, you know, super big for me. Because um, they were they were good about the process. So, well, now you get the Big Twelve, and expectations, relatively speaking, are low for BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the preseason polls come out. So, how do you view that idea of BYU being in the bottom tier of Big Twelve play, and how does that motivate you? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not surprised. We're you know kind of we're a new team. We're going to be kind of towards the bottom. But um, if anything, I think it's motivating. Um, I think we kind of like being the underdog, not having a whole lot of pressure on us going in because um, you know I think we're going to be a great team. We're going to uh, surprise a lot of people. Um, so it's very motivating to be able to see that and you know know that we expect ourselves to you know finish in a higher place, be better than that. So it just kind of pushes us every day in practice to you know get our minds right to go harder. <laughs> now the preseason team came out as well. You were honorably mentioned. There were mm-hmm. 10, a tie for 10, so 11 players listed there. I was shocked personally to not see you in the 10. Are you uh, were you surprised by that and is that motivating for you? 
Um, yeah, very motivating for me. Um, you know, thank you for saying that, honestly, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, I mean, I saw that. I'm I'm thankful to be um, you know honored at all to be mentioned. Um, but yeah, but. No, yeah, not satisfied for sure. Um, just gives me another thing to push for, and uh, you know, to have in the back of my head of. You know, I want to prove people wrong. So, did, did she need to lead the nation in lead, <laughs> rebounding by more? Like, what I, that, are we talking that, about that, here? That's what we're getting. That's that's what I asked the you. The nation's about now. leading rebounder can't be preseason Big Twelve. <laughs> that's malarkey, as you would say. It is. <laughs> it's such a great word. It is a great <laughs> word, dude. I like your vocab. Yeah, Lauren, because you are the nation's leading rebounder, what what can you do more in that category? Like, what's the goal for you there when you're the best in the country at that? <laughs> Um, I think just to keep being consistent, um, especially going into the Big 12, you know, there's a, a lot more, you know, competition and bigger girls and um, just, you know, bringing, hopefully trying to, you know, carry that over into a different conference and still be consistent in that. And, um, you know, there's always room for improvement in really everything. So you're one of the best uh, in, in the country in rebounding, obviously, but like in the weight room, where have you made gains this offseason, mm-hmm. Lauren, in the weight room? <laughs> Uh, well, honestly, shout out to our freshmen for coming in because they we got some strong girls coming in and uh, they're actually pushing me sometimes. Nice. <laughs> so, um, Aaliyah, um, she's one of my lifting partners. She's a freshman from Vegas this year and she's always handing me, you know, bigger weights, heavier weights to push myself, which is, it's been fun. Like um, that she just used or she's like, you should crank it up a notch. Yeah, crank it up a notch and then she'll <laughs> do the same weight that I'm doing too. Wow. <laughs> so, Someone can hang with you. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, I'm super, you know, it's been super fun to have, you know, girls like that around pushing you. Um, but as far as the weight room, just everything, you know, trying to get stronger in, you know, every every area that I can. Um, and to just also still be in, you know, stay in great shape, trying to be able to run quick because that's going to have to be an advantage point is, you know, the speed with, with the bigger girls in the Big 12. So That's a tough balance, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I want the power and the explosiveness, yeah. but the speed as well. Yeah. You know. Lauren Gustin is on BYU Sports Nation. An all Big Twelve BYU Sports Nation performer. You're on our first <laughs> yeah, team. You're on, you're yeah. on our first team. <laughs> yeah. This first team, team had an opportunity to go on a foreign tour and a foreign mm-hmm. trip. What did that do for this specific squad? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I think that it, on so many levels, it was so good for us as a team. We were able to bond a lot and build this chemistry, and you know, just kind of stepping away from basketball. Um, obviously, we played three games. You know, went three zero, which was awesome. But being able to go and just, um, you know, be ourselves and not just, you know, have everything be around basketball, it was great to kind of see, you know, who we were, what we liked. And um, the coaches did a great job at, you know, we had someone new for every every hotel, so we were with a different girl and um, a lot of great, you know, team events and activities. And, yeah, it really made me appreciate BYU even more. You know, they provided the opportunity for us to go and be able to experience that and experience that culture. But it was amazing. I, I'm so happy that I was able to get on, you know, one of those foreign trips. It was good for the gram, right? Oh, 100%. A lot oh, of good wow. content. Some of the best <laughs> photos for the gram ever. Um, the regular season finale is at Texas. Of course, Shaylee Gonzalez is mm-hmm. there. What's that game going to be like? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Um, you know, Shay is a great player. She's had, um, you know, a great career at BYU and now Texas. So um, it's going to be it's going to be competitive for sure. I think that um, it's going to be even a bit maybe emotional just on both sides of you know it's their senior night there and um, it's one of our last games too. So, but I'm, I mean, I'm excited to be able to you know play against her. Um, she's gonna, she, you know she's a great player. So. Um, I'm also excited to see her, you know, today. It's been a while. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be good. What, aside from that game, 
Like, what game or venue are you most excited to play in in the Big 12? Oh, uh, honestly, I'm going to say really all of them. I think it's going to be so fun to play new competition, you know, and especially these great teams and um, these legendary schools and stuff, just going and playing, you know, like KU and their arena is going to be so much fun. Um, every school, I think, is going to be a battle for sure. So I'm excited to be able to, you know, prep and get ready for that and, yeah, play against the, the you know, the greatest. So it's going to be fun. They've moved the women's tournament to – be in this venue in March. How awesome is it going to be to kind of have your own spotlight and, and be in the prime time, hopefully, um, in this venue in Kansas City, Missouri, which is very different from what it's been like yeah. in New Orleans, right in Vegas? Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I, I like Kansas City. I've been here a lot. Um, You've been here a lot? Yeah, I've been okay. here a lot. Uh, so my boyfriend lives in Kansas City, yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> Big 12 you buried, works out. You buried the lead. Lauren Gustin. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I play football for K-State, so it's going to be, uh, it'll be fun to, you know, kind of come in this area. A lot of family and his friends are near, so. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Kansas City, so I'm, um, I'm excited to be here. Wait, I, so what, what should we do while we're here? Short time we're here, then. <laughs> well, a lot of good food, for sure. A lot yeah, of good totally gyms yes. around. Yeah. A lot of good gyms. A lot of good Not gyms. a thing we're worried about, Lauren. You are. But the food, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. A lot of good barbecue. Uh, are you sad K-State's not playing BYU this year? That would have been fun for you. Right? I know, right? Um, we're playing We're playing at K-State, for which will be fun. I'll be able yes. to go play in that arena. Um, as far as football-wise, I wish that you know we were playing in football. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I like Kansas City. It's a good you know good environment. I think there's a lot of good entertainment, and uh, it's going to be a good change-up from, from Vegas. Lauren, it's great to talk with you. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for a busy day, for uh, practice Thanks building. Thanks for giving your best answers with us. Very exciting. <laughs> you know, whatever scenario. later. Yeah, yeah this, exactly. is, this is super cool. But great to have you with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you so much Thanks, for, for letting me be on. First team all conference. For, come, <laughs> on. come on, come on. What are we doing here? Okay, BYU football with Kalani Stocky is tonight on the BYU TV app at 8.30 Eastern time as the Cougars get ready for Texas Tech homecoming check it out tonight on the app still on the way our headlines including news from the road warriors of byu women's soccer oh, yeah jerem they might want to play on the road the rest of the undefeated. season undefeated this is byu sports nation this is the best of byu sports nation on byu radio The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. We are live in Kansas City, Missouri from the T-Mobile Center in the heart of America at Big 12 Basketball Media Days alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jeremy Guthrie. This is his, this is his, this was this his, his stopping grounds. He, he's the only returned missionary who's pitched in a World Series. The source is Jeremy Guthrie. <laughs> Which I believe, and that's yes. amazing. He pitched in a game seven with the Kansas City Royals, Doc. He's a good friend. Andy Reid runs this town. This and is a BYU town, Andy man. Andy Reid is another good friend. Yeah. And Matt you, Bushman's here. Let's you go. may have just found a best friend, Jerem. Mark Campbell is my new homie, the TCU <laughs> women's basketball head coach. We talked to him earlier, and just, did we just become best friends? Here's that conversation. You decide coach uh, a few first-year head coaches in, in this conference and you take over at TCU in, in your initial campaign and you inherit a conference that's expanding and it's looking new so for you what's the biggest challenge as, as you begin with TCU in year one of the Big 12 in this new Big 12? Yeah there's uh, there's just so many new moving parts especially with the portal uh, we took over a team that went 1-17 and so 
Um, we added six new players from the portal. You had two incoming freshmen, and then you inherited six players. So you got 14 new players and a new staff. Um, and so getting that whole thing uh, blended together and putting that puzzle together. Um, and so there's, there's uh, a lot of moving parts. And I think that's, uh, as a first-year head coach, I think it's, it's laying that foundation and getting to know these young ladies and then start putting that thing together. Are you good at puzzles? <laughs> I actually love puzzles. Really? Yeah. Okay, you're going to be yeah, good at this then. Yeah, for job. Sure. Let's talk about some of those pieces. Hopefully they're corner pieces. That's what you start with, right? Uh, Jaden Owens from Baylor. Uh, Sydney Harris, the MAC freshman of the year from Central Michigan. Sedona Prince, you were at Oregon. Brought her from uh, Oregon. She's a famous TikToker, I hear. Yeah, she's got like she's three million followers. That's unbelievable. Oh. Is it weird for the social team that she might have more followers than the school does? Oh, for sure. <laughs> no doubt. She's probably got more than all of it combined. Well, maybe in the Big 12, you know what I mean? That's yeah. big time. How did those pieces start to come together a little bit? Yeah, well, Sedona, we got our staff, uh, spent some time with her at Oregon. Uh, my associate head coach, was. we were together all seven years at Oregon. Um, our assistant, Mignon Moore, was a starting point guard when Sedona was there. Um, so we've been in the trenches with her. And Sedona has a chance to be one of the best centers in college basketball, if not the best center in college basketball. Um, and she's at a good spot right now, and we're fortunate to have her for her last season. Um, Jaden Owens is the one that's familiar with the Big 12. Um, played a huge role at Baylor. Um, is one of the best pure point guards in the country. Uh, elite vision, elite winner, um, incredible leader. And so we'll rely heavy, heavily on her. And then Sydney Harris um, is a dynamic scorer. Uh, put the ball in the hole a lot for Central Michigan a year ago, and it's kind of a versatile three-four. We play four out. We value shooting, and so she fits us. This is an unbelievable infusion of talent through the transfer portal. And of course, you know you bring Sedona from from Oregon, but what was the recruiting pitch to all of these players? Because you mentioned one in seventeen a year ago. The conference gets bigger. You're picked to finish ninth because of this. So what was the recruiting pitch? Yeah, I think just opportunity. Um, playing time and in our staff and our culture our vision um, this is this is kind of my fourth major rebuilding job and so at Oregon State we're we're able in 2010 to help turn that program around to kind of build a final four team and Oregon we were able to turn that thing around and assemble the number one team in the country and Sac State we went from three wins to 25 wins in two years and so there's been a track record so these people the, these young ladies they bought into it they bought into the vision and what we want to do and where we're going. And at the end of the day, they want to hoop and play. And so uh, playing time was the number one thing I had to offer. Um, and so we, we put a really good collection of, of players together that I think complement each other and fit our style of play. Have you thought about buying kind of an older house and doing this for real? Because if you like the puzzles, the ha- it feels like you could do this. It feels we, like me and my wife flipped houses before I got. Are into- you serious? Yeah. We, it That's was, awesome. It's it all was making college sense. coaching or flip houses. Wow. So, yeah. And now it's flipping programs. Now um, it's flipping programs. When does the reality TV series start <laughs> on ESPN Plus? Let's go. We yeah. need one. We okay, need one. Rick Ross is performing or something? Yeah. Tell me about this. How about October that? 27th? I'm still learning, but he's coming <laughs> next Friday. Um, That's awesome. In the olden days, uh, when I was growing up, they Midnight Madness, right, yeah. was the huge tip-off. Yes. 
performers would come. It was literally at midnight, and yeah. Dickie V would be at some program. And so now it's not necessarily Midnight Madness, but it's that theme. And, and so it's a two-hour celebration with us in the men's program. And there will be an hour of basketball, and then Rick Ross will per- perform for an hour. So That's awesome. Yeah. We got to be in Fort Worth uh, next Friday, man. Let's yeah, go. You were just in Fort Worth for the football game. Yes, yeah. yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. Not a memorable I think experience Rick for Ross's BYU performance fans, will Rick be better Ross, than BYU. Ab- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, we, we've talked about all the new moving parts. Uh, BYU, one of four new teams into the conference, uh, along with Houston and UCF and Cincinnati. Um, what's what's the challenge like getting ready for not just a new conference but a bigger expanded conference? Oh, man, there's so many good programs, great staffs. Um, BYU coming in, they've been an elite women's basketball program for many years and very, very successful. And so it'll be fun. It's a new challenge um, to span from Utah, the travel going from Utah to Florida. Wild. Wild, right? Uh, But the landscape of college athletics has just completely changed and shifted. And so uh, BYU, it's a great addition to our league. Um, with a great program um, and, and a new coaching staff. Um, I know they're starting year two, um, but they're still putting their puzzle together and getting that thing dialed in. Thanks and for so, bringing it back, Mark. Yep. <laughs> I appreciate it. Puzzles, flipping houses. Uh, what else you got? You're an interesting guy. What else do you like to do? The Renaissance man. The Renaissance man. No, I just, uh, yeah, I've, I love board games and, you know. Which board games? Monopoly and Risk. Those were probably my love two favorites. dude. I, I you're speaking, his, you're speaking his love all the time. Are you a start out of Australia guy? <laughs> are you an age established in you, a Kamchatka? Are you North America? Like what are you? You, you got to build that right. You got to get that right. But we always played where you didn't get a pick. You got random cards, yes, you get and the then cards. you can put your guys. Yes, we need Rick Ross, and then a Risk <laughs> night after. Oh my gosh, Rick Ross playing Risk. Would be that, the ultimate combination. That's a good Friday. That's awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. I follow this uh, Instagram handle that's middle class fancy, and it always screams like, oh, I want Applebee's and to mow my lawn and go to Home Depot. Like, I would throw Risk and, like, Rick Ross in this sort of, that's yes, incredible. these things are simple but fun. Give me give me your guys' number one board game growing up. R- it was Risk for me. Oh, Settlers man. Settlers of Catan is awesome as well. I yep. really like that one. Yeah. I'm a Monopoly guy through and through. I have, okay. a, I, I have an NBA Monopoly. up on Monopoly. I have an NBA Monopoly, but it's like from 89. It's like when the Magic were new. It's awesome. I'll bring it next year. <laughs> I mean, how many I'll people are hardcore year. risk guys? What are the odds? Not too many. If risk you have about spent, four hours, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's just the best. so, it it's takes so forever. time yeah. consuming. Yeah. It is. Okay. Well, you can't conquer the world quickly. No. Right? No. I, I would say it's harder to conquer uh, Game and Risk than the Big 12. Like the, like the Big 12, you can sort of navigate and eventually win. The risk parallels are, are thick here, okay? Yes, yeah, they with are. With the risk mentality, you yes, try and conquer, conquer the Big 12. But, um, you got to turn in them cards, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Got to wait, too. What's it like to be a head basketball coach in the state of Texas and recruit against the likes of, of Texas and, and the other big programs there? Man, I'm learning. I'm learning. I mean, you got Texas, Baylor, Texas Tech, SMU, Houston, TCU. Am I? I don't. Maybe I'm missing some, but it's. Um, I mean, just the state alone. It's cutthroat. It's competitive. Um, and at this level, you know who the elite ones are. Everybody knows who the elite ones are. Um, and so that's that's a challenge. And, and uh, we want we're, we're all in, and we're working really, really hard to to protect our territory and keep those kids home. Yeah. Um, but it's it's 
it's obviously highly recruited by the in-state schools, but everybody in the country's coming into Texas to try to get those kids. What style of basketball do you want to play? What's your vision for TCU basketball? Yeah, we'll uh, hopefully lead the country in pick and rolls. Um, we value skill and shooting. We'll spread you out. The last two years at Sacramento State, we led the country in pick and rolls per game. Um, we were top 10 in the country in field goal percentage and three-point percentage, and so we want to play a good brand of basketball. Um, and then defensively, we're, we're no gimmicks. We're going to defend and rebound and play straight man. December 30th is the first Big 12 game for BYU women's basketball ever. It is at TCU. Um, what, what's, what are you hoping that kind of game day environment feels like from your fans when the Cougars come in? Oh, it's going to be an absolute battle. Um, what's neat, Fort Worth is a really neat college town um, with just great support for, for their athletic teams. And so I'm expecting an awesome crowd. It's going to be the opener of league play. And then obviously BYU's first Big 12 game. So I, I'm guessing it's going to be an electric environment. Well, Mark, I think it's safe to say you are one of the most interesting people and have, uh, just as the Renaissance man that we have met here today, pleasure to be with you. I've got to bring and... NBAopoly next year. We'll roll, do a couple rounds, you know, pass Jared's go once. Notes. Friday, Rick Ross and Risk. It's on. That's big time, dude. Rick and Risk. If I can get to, I got a volleyball match that night, but if I could make it, I would, totally. Let's go. Awesome. Congratulations on everything. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Thanks you guys. Mark. Nice to meet you. Hey, Mark Campbell. Big, Ty- big Tyler Haas fans. Friends. Hey, oh, big Tyler Haas fan, after, by the way. So he was at St. Mary's with Randy Bennett. So after, he's like, we're like, oh, he's like, the Dell of a Dagger. That was crazy. It was like, the guy that made the shot before that, Tyler Haas, is out here. So he and Tyler chatted for like 10 or 15 minutes. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah Mark, my new best friend, man. You're still number one, though. Don't worry, man. <laughs> you good, Doc. You and Mark. <laughs> Come, Chutka. <laughs> Coordinator's Corner is on demand. Spencer Linton did the uh, hard-hitting interviews with Jay Hill and Kelly Penga. You can check it out on the BYU TV app. Jay Hill talked about the night game, day game thing some more. He elaborated on this. It's becoming oh, more of a thing. I haven't listened to it or watched it's it quite yet. I more will of catch a thing. it on demand myself. Up next, we'll chat with the best rebounder in all of women's yeah. college basketball, Lauren Gustin. Why did she decide to come back to BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Which Big 12 game for BYU basketball do all of you have circled on your calendar, and there may be multiple. Alex Beach on X says, I am most excited for the first big home game, January 23rd versus Houston. The Marriott Center should be rocking. Wait, there aren't big ones earlier? January 13th is at UCF. I'm trying to think, like, what Yeah, what would qualify as a big home game, maybe bigger than Houston in so that Cincinnati's instance? Cincinnati's January 6th, and then Iowa State's. January sixteenth. The, these all feel, those are all big those games. Big, feel big, big. Like, Houston. Okay, like the top ten. Yeah, kind of the Baylor, Kansas, Houston's of the world, Texas. Like those are your four what preseason top twenty five teams. Um, yeah, I, I get that. Honestly, every game's going to be huge. Hopefully, BYU can uh, bake its bread in non conference to the tune of at least ten and three, Spence. Because then. It, it might need to be 11, <laughs> too. You have San Diego State coming in. I would argue the biggest home game is actually San Diego State. Um, 
because they went to the national title game. It's a rivalry, and they're top 25 as well. Uh, I get if you argue for Houston and whatnot. But, like, the we, we don't have, uh, you know, Kansas at home this year, unfortunately. Baylor's probably your uh, – and Houston – your biggest home games in league. Yeah. But BYU has really got to get it done in non-conference. Texas uh, coming to Provo, which is great. Texas, at the time when it was announced, there had been no home women's soccer game, no home women's volleyball match, no home women's basketball game. And I submitted, is the league going to give BYU a, a Texas home game versus a sport? They Men's finally got basketball, one. <laughs> they finally did. And I was like, okay, finally. Took a minute. I was starting to get weirded out here. Taysom Hill had quite an impact in 2013 and 14, apparently. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about all these games, man. Big-time stuff. These are like, how many of these teams are going to be top 30 in the net? Quad one games, man. Isn't it interesting how BYU fans view San Diego State compared to some of these other big, big 12 names? And it's because BYU knows San Diego State, and they've had success against San Diego State in yeah. the Marriott Center. They're coming back to Provo this year. But, again, this is the team that played for the national championship last year. Number 17 team in the they return a ton of talent. They're a top twenty team, so it's just like it. That will feel like the Big Twelve opponents that that come into the Marriott Center on a regular basis. Yeah, that, that's a big one, man. Friday the week like it's Houston Christian on Monday, and then it's Diego State game two Let's on go. Friday night. Let's go uh, at SF Garrett on X says for me it's Texas at home since that might not ever happen again. I would submit, yes, it will never happen again. Why would Texas yeah, ever agree. agree to come to the Marriott Center? No. You don't do you're, that. You're right. This is the last time before Jesus comes back that Texas will play in the Marriott Center. <laughs> January 27th, 100%. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes in from at Hook'em Cougs, an appropriate handle on X, who says, Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, bucket list item game there. Oh, yeah. In the fog? Absolutely, I want to go watch BYU play in Manhattan and then a few days later play in Lawrence. Like That would be an amazing road trip. That would. Let's go. What are you doing that week? I'm probably buying my own airplane ticket to fly to Kansas City so that I can then go watch those games. Hey, we need a week off. (laughs) We're just asking on the air right now. Uh, We want to go. Late February. Hopefully there's no men's volleyball, women's basketball, or gymnastics. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We just give it to our entire crew here at Big 12 Basketball Media Day. Which, by the way, yeah, we go off the air. We're going to, you know, this crew is going to be here till 5 when we finish interviews and then past that, clean it up. So we're just getting started. We're doing the, the show on TV. Bye in a sec. <laughs> but we got to keep going, man. Yeah, yeah, we have plenty more interviews to conduct. I love it. Huge effort. Amazing crew. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYUSN live from Big 12 Basketball Media Days in Kansas City. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark addresses some big questions at T-Mobile Center in KC, including expansion rumors again. Is Gonzaga a viable candidate to join? And his plan to expand coverage for the conference. We'll talk to BYU women's head coach Amber Whiting and the nation's leading rebounder Lauren Gustin what the opportunity and challenge of being in the Big 12 is. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, October 17th. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan. And yes, we are live in the city of fountains, the heart of America. 
KC, Kansas City at Big 12 Basketball Media Days. The women's teams will headline today's events, and tomorrow the men will take center stage. Great to be here. Obviously, a lot of church history here in uh, Missouri and Kansas City. You know, we, we believe the New Jerusalem. See, there's a lot of that happened that will happen. I'm going to go set some chairs up at Adam on Diamond just ahead of that a little bit later. But it's great to be here because Big 12 Football Media Days uh, were really fun. This is going to be fun, too. T-Mobile Center. This does not house a, a professional or even semi-pro team. They just have it for the Big 12 tournament in men and women's basketball, which they moved the women's tournament a little earlier, by the way, so they could be in here. They used to be elsewhere. They have a bunch of conferences and stuff. This is a cool venue, but no one does an empty locker room like BYU Sports Nation. If you Our didn't know that. dominated yeah. the empty locker room scene. Here we are. If you go out into the hallway under the court, Cool setup out there. Old Trappers here. I already got a couple of bags. Got your beef jerky. jerky. Colton Potter, our producer. I got you, dog. I already got a bag for you. As for everybody else, I'm really sorry. I'm not sure I can sneak a few more, but we'll see. The pomp and circumstance that is put on by the Big 12, both at Jerry's World in Dallas for Big 12 football media days and now basketball here at T-Mobile Center Flex on is legit. Yeah. It is really, really cool. We even got these cool pink wristbands. Well, okay. it plays into the T-Mobile yeah. pink thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of pink around here, which is awesome. <laughs> it's great. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I Absolutely. think it all uh, flows together. As you said, we are very excited to be here, as is Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark, who has, not surprisingly, already made some news. He addressed some big questions earlier today, including expansion for the conference, growing Big 12 broadcast coverage, and what are the rivalries that are naturally in this conference when you expand the conference schedule and, and push to either 18 or 20 games pushing forward. Well, let's just start with the expansion topic, okay? Yep. that That's always like the buzzword, right? Yep. Is Gonzaga a viable candidate to join the Big 12? Well, the commission heard the question and then promptly said, you know what, I'm not going to talk about it today. So we didn't really learn anything, but at least the question was asked. Yeah, rumors that, you know, Gonzaga, all sports included, uh, could be in the next year or two. We don't know anything else. UConn's out there floating around as right. well. Yeah. Haven't heard any UConn stuff recently, but Gonzaga was recently. The, the, the conference games next year, the men will have 20 games. 20! The women will have 18. I don't know why there's a difference. Why, why wouldn't they just be the same? I don't understand. And I want that follow-up question asked, and hopefully we get to at some point ask him that in the next two days. Yeah, we're, we're hoping to talk with the commissioner. We'll see. Um, regarding rivalries, he was asked about will those be preserved. He said we'll do our best, but nothing set in stone. I'd be shocked if uh, BYU doesn't play Utah at least once. I need two games in men and women's basketball, though. I, I would like that. Okay. And, and in volleyball. With Utah specifically. Home and road, yes. Okay. Everyone else, I don't care. Like Arizona, Arizona State, if it, sure, they probably want to play each other twice in basketball. But um, BYU-Utah, I need that twice. I don't want once. We could play once as non-conference now, home, opponents. Home and away. Yeah. It's such an easy trip, and frankly, one that's budget-friendly. It's an easy trip? Yeah, up I-15. <laughs> um, well, not with these gas prices in this economy. And then uh, Mitch Harper, our, our friend from KSL Sports, asked about kind of the international plan and strategy, and he said, yes, we do have a strategy we're going to play the Mexico City game, right? There's going to be um, you know, some Kansas and Houston uh, game or games. And then um, they'll go from there. They want to take this potentially across the pond. Will we see a London something that or a Paris awesome. something with the Big 12? I would love to see BYU in South America somewhere. Like, if they went to, like, Santiago, Chile, there would be BYU fans there. Mexico City, Sao Paulo, there would be BYU fans that there. That is the brand. Like, all over, dude. 
BYU, yeah. obviously, BYU has the biggest international brand of any team in the Big 12, so that'd be fun one day. That'd be great. He also addressed just different and unique ways that the conference is looking at broadcasting its product. Yeah. And we've seen some really, really intriguing and creative thoughts and ideas presented by the NFL and the NBA. I mean, the NFL had a Toy Story in presentation game, that, which was my kids wild, were glued right? To that. Yes. He said, we're looking to hit a younger demographic, and they're working with different broadcast partners to try and do that. Some other streaming services, I believe, was the phrase he used. So uh, we shouldn't be surprised. Brett Yormark is a man of vision. He is a man that likes to push the envelope and try new things. Yeah, I love it. So if it's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Big 12 games show up on Twitch or Bleacher Report or these different streaming services where people can engage heavily with social media as they watch it Big 12 sports. It can still be done by ESPN and or Fox, Yes, you just right? have like, to carry it elsewhere. Yes, those are the rights holders, right? It will be interesting, Spence. In the next five years, you know, Kyle Whittingham thought as much. Of, I've talked to another, you know, coach that thought that, that, hey, in the next five years, yeah, football will just decouple from the NCAA and be its own thing. At that point, men's basketball is the bell cow yes. of the Big 12, um, just like it is in the WCC. We kind of dealt with that, right? No football. What does that look like? Big 12 basketball is completely marketable. Like, it is really, really good basketball, which we're going to see firsthand, which will give us joy and terror uh, this year. <laughs> the Again, night is full of terrors. Indeed. Sometimes. Bring them on. Let's go. It is Halloween coming up here pretty quickly. Uh, again, it is our hope that we will have an opportunity to speak with Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark at length. We will ask him about all of the things we just discussed. And I want to ask him the following question, because he's got a vision and a plan to grow this sport yeah. and to make college basketball more popular and make maybe close the gap a little bit with college football what is his vision for that yeah how do you do that because i don't ever see college basketball overtaking college football right now it's march madness and that's kind of it like the regular season used to be more intriguing to me maybe that's just me personally growing up and like i got excited about unc and duke and and whatnot getting into the big 12 my investment in college basketball is going to be different there's a higher level of investment no offense, you know, BYU and the WCC, I cared about BYU and maybe a couple other games here and there, but I was not That's, watching intently with no. some of the others. You will now. Already in football, I'm like watching random matchups of future BYU opponents that are really fun to do. So I'm excited for hoops, too. We're going to conduct approximately 30 interviews over the next two days. Okay, if you it's going to be awesome, yeah. man. Okay. Can't wait. You will see a good deal of them, whether here, live on the show, or on social media. We begin the interview carousel fun from this two-day adventure in Kansas City with BYU women's basketball head coach Amber Whiting. We address her re-recruitment of her star forward, Lauren Gustin. The biggest difference between year one and year two from her tenure at BYU and why being picked to finish 11th is exactly where the Cougars want to be. This is BYU women's basketball head coach Amber Whiting on BYU Sports Nation. Amber, how would you sum up your impression of Big 12 basketball media days thus far with all of the, you know, pomp and circumstance here at T-Mobile Center? <laughs> um, it's big time, especially our BYU TV spot. Yeah, like let's, go yes. live. let's go Let's go. We got the goods in the back, the craft table. We do. We got the snacks, the all, waters. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. Multiple <laughs> waters. Yeah. yeah. A year and a half ago, you're at Burley High. Now you're at Big 12 Basketball Media Days. How would you describe kind of your basketball coaching journey to this point and the challenge and opportunity of being in a big-time conference? Um, ooh. So basketball, I feel like, is basketball, right? Like, obviously, it's uh, faster and more details 
at this level. Um, but I feel like managing people and being able to hire, cause normally like when I was in high school, like I, you know, swept the floor, carried the water, like you just do everything. You do all the scouts yourself, you do. So it was really hard for me last year to like kind of let go of things. Um, but this year it's been incredibly like, uh, easy, honestly, because I have some really good coaches who have t- taken on things and they've told, told me what they want their role to be. Um, and they've kind of owned it, you know, like Lee has sideline out of bounds and baseline out of bounds. And we scrimmaged last Saturday and he was like, we only ran 40% right. Like he just knows. And I love that he is zeroed in on that. And it's just been awesome to see everybody kind of own their department and take on what they want. And then I just kind of can oversee things. I feel way less like worried going into something like this. I just feel like we have the best of the best coaches around me. And so I'm feel like we are prepared. So. When you look around and you see all of the teams here and coaches that you're going to compete against and realize it's just a few weeks away, what's the most exciting prospect about all of that and playing in the Big 12? Um, well, I don't want to name names, but like I, I, I mean, all these coaches, right? Like we had a coaches meeting in um, Texas last May, I believe it was, and just walking in that room, we had the men's and the women's coaches, and you're just looking around like, wow. These guys are it. Like they are at the final fours. They're doing all the things. And so I just like literally just picked their brain of things that was going on in their programs or, you know, how they do things because I want to learn from them. Um, but on the same time, I want to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> want to yes, compete, that's, right? That's the competitor coming out <laughs> of you, know, At the same time, I want to take some people down. And so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's, it's true, though. Like, Don't you're, apologize. <laughs> you're here to compete, right? Yeah. You can, like, you can be friendly, but then when you tip off, let's yeah, go, man. Let's yeah, compete. Yeah. Um, Brett Yormark mentioned that the men starting next year in the new 16-team league will play 20 games. The women will play 18. Would you want eight 20 league games? Um, as many as we can, because the rankings and you know how that you get your uh, established to go into the NCAA tournament. I feel like we have such a strong conference. More conference games helps us that More way. More quad one and two kind of games. Yep, they help us that way for sure. BYU picked to finish eleventh in in year number one. We just, you know, we've asked several of your players how they feel about that, um, and and I've asked you before too. But now that that's settled in, how do you view that? early season prognostication and, and how does it shape what you do and, and how you're motivated? Um, I think it's super motivating, especially for the girls. Um, they saw it come out and they all got fired up and that's great. Cause that's what I want to see. We're the underdogs. So going into these arenas and going into this place, you want to take people down. So I feel like it's a good place to be, to be honest. And Lauren should have been in the uh, preseason all league <laughs> team, right? Like she was honorably mentioned, which is cool, mm-hmm. but like what more is she supposed to do? Like, no, the text I got from her as soon as that came out, <laughs> I won't repeat it, but fired up, I, fired up. Let's like go. she wants to go like, you know, and so I just said, let's show them. Let's get behind you. You're the face. Like she chose to come back and she chose to represent. And so, yeah, it gives me chills because I know because she chose us because she chose our women because she, um, they're going to get behind her. They're going to play their butts off for her. And that's what I love. Will you explore kind of what you and her went through, and ultimately you've come closer together through her entering the portal and coming back? She said she felt uh, kind of affirmed, and she said everybody was great about it. Certainly it was shocking in the moment when she went into the portal, but it's rare. We saw it with Cody Epson football and Lauren here. It's very rare that they, a player will come back. How did that happen, and what did you learn? Um, I'm always at the... I, I guess when I even talk to recruits, like, I don't like to back them in a corner. I don't feel like you get anywhere when you do that with kids. 
Um, and so when she called me, so I knew before it was announced, right? Um, and we talked through it and I just said, look, Lo, I want you to go explore, but give me a chance. Like at the end of the day, just give me a chance to talk to you about it. Right. And so she did, she went and explored and then she came back and her and I had, um, some good conversations and our staff sat down with her and kind of laid out what we thought about her, how we want view her, how important she is to us. And just that she was going to be our face going into this thing, you know, and she's always wanted that. And so I just stayed true to us, you know, and just talked about us, not tried to negative recruit on anybody else, but she was just, um, and I wanted her to take the time too, you know, and then she went into graduation and she was there when we came out she kind of pulled me aside and, um, she's like, can I talk to you for a minute? And I just was like, please don't make me cry right here. Like <laughs> there's so many people around and she just put her arm around me and she said, I'm coming back. And then I cried anyway. Yeah, I was going to say you cried anyway, <laughs> but it was just a tender, sweet moment. Right. Yeah. And it was right outside the annex. And so I kind of looked and my whole staff's like at the window, just like waiting, you know, and just, it just meant something to us. And so when she was able to tell her teammates, like, like I said, they're behind her. They're so excited. Right. But I just felt like we all just loved on her and just let her explore and do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, that's how I approach the process of that. Nothing, awesome. wrong with, nothing wrong with happy tears. Oh. No, but nobody cares about. I think I jumped on her and tears. hugged her, and we have a couple of pictures that were crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. BYU women's basketball head coach Amber Whiting is with us on BYU Sports Nation. What's the biggest difference that you are seeing in this year's squad compared to the squad you took over in year number one? Ooh, in practice, it's competitive. Like I feel like uh, those young ones are pushing, and we have a couple of good transfers, right? Um, and everybody's just like going at it and it's really nice to see that um i know that there's like there's i mean even on the court right there's that like holding each other accountable type conversation not conversations yelling that happens <laughs> but then <laughs> they're really nice to each other no they're not you know and so then but then they get off the court and i know that like they i mean i'll see them laughing in the locker or in the players lounge after and so i know that I think Italy helped that because all the new people coming in, they got to create that chemistry. But now they leave and it's left there, but they know that they're only at each other to get better. So, yeah. That's interesting um, that they can kind of come together that quickly after. Um, okay, in terms of newcomers, transfers and freshmen, you've recruited a really nice new group here. Who Who is sort of stuck out who will vie for potential starting or, or significant bench minutes at this point? Um, we've... Messed with a couple different lineups. Um, I think all four of our my new freshmen uh, will get minutes for sure. Wow. Um, one or two might buy for starting lineup. Like I don't want to name names right now if that's okay. Just because you know. Still later. Yeah, I want them. I want them competitive. <laughs> Sorry, I just for but sure. That's, but we see it every day, and we have this thing, um, a competitive thing that we do in practice. It's and everybody wants to win it and so everybody's going after it i mean does that, does that have a name yeah you don't want to say the name i gad aboard i'm not going to say what, is, is. <laughs> what? sorry gad, is it <laughs> we'll leave it right there in volleyball with carl mcgowan the great carl McGowan, they called it the cauldron. cauldron and they would compete and at the end of the week he was like all right you won the cauldron you play yeah so every every day they get a sticker if they win it right and so a like sticker I, on the board, and then at the end of the thing, like, it's a th whole, I mean, it's so, every single day. And there's percentages of defense that they get graded on. And mm, there's, okay. I mean, 
You're quantifying success in practice. Yes. Every every minute detail you can think about, like we are either plus or minus in practice. Interesting. Anytime we go five on five. And so like I've had one freshman um, text me and be like, I'm going to get a jump ball with Lowe because she's sick of Lowe winning it. Like <laughs> that You get a point or something You for get that? a point if you get a rebound. And so every time she pulls down rebounds, now they're going after it because yes. they don't want her to get it. They want to get it. And so that will translate I love into that, the games. I love that mindset. Yeah. Gadavord. Gata board. Gata board. Board. Gata board. Yeah, it's the our, board it's of, our board. of Gata-ness. Yeah. Okay. I, I just want to. <laughs> we got to go see said Gata board. I want to say it like a British it. accent. Gata board. What yes. is Gattaca? <laughs> Gattaca was like a good like sci-fi movie, right? I was looking at Timmy Bates for all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys, you're yeah. We we've talked about Gattaca. Good, good movie. And, good movie. Gattaca. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we dig- I, I digress. Coach, um, how is Amari's knee recovery coming along, and, and how much do you expect her to be involved in this year's team? Um, her It's coming along good. She hit her year mark on Saturday, yeah. knock on wood. Like, her and I kind of had our moment together of, like, it's not something you want to celebrate because this last year was rough, right? It was hard. Um, but it is something that she's got to. And so every time, every month past the nine months, they said the percentage goes down of, you know, something bad happening. And so yeah. we scrimmaged on Saturday, and she actually played – um, I think our trainer let me rot- she started with four minutes at first and then he rotate let me rotate her every two. Um so she got to get in every and play two minutes straight and then I pull her out and she's why am I coming out? It's okay, just chill. You know, we're so we've like progressed her in very slowly. So Okay. Yeah. So I mean you think she'll be I mean it's safe to say that she will be close to hundred percent by the time the season tips off? Yeah, it's not it's a hundred percent physical, like she's ready to go, right? I feel like for her it's more like the mental side, trusting it, um, finding a rhythm. She hasn't played in a year. And so like what I see out there isn't what uh sorry, her standard of what I would you know what I mean, like just finding the rhythm of the game. Um, defensively, like I got after her kind of in practice the other day and she's like, I'm not fast enough yet. And I'm like, well then you better get there. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's doing jump rope and trying to do all the quick twitch stuff. That's like your last little bit to get there, you know? And so, yeah, we have fun conversations. Well, she doesn't live at home to say anymore. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> she moved Sunday. out. Yeah, it was, she moved it was, out or you kicked her out? No, she yeah. said she needed the college experience and she needs yeah. a break sometimes. So It was but, after you told her she needed to be faster. You need to be faster. Well, <laughs> watch me leave your house fast. I'm out. Watch how fast I'm back for laundry and dinner as well. <laughs> Stop shopping in my pantry. Like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic. Oh. Coach, great to have you here in Thank Kansas you. City. Uh, super, we're obviously super excited about the season. So we're just going to give you a big, you know, portion of big the old, BYU Sports Nation. Big karma. old Kansas City heap of brisket and karma. And yeah. karma. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Let's go. Okay. Amber Whiting, BYU women's basketball head coach, always entertaining. Yeah, that was funny. Got to go check out that board. Uh, they're getting after it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Hey, one, one more thing um, that we didn't bring up with Brett Yormark is he was asked about the football schedule for next year in the Big 12. Oh, we can't get away from football even at BYU or Big 12 basketball media. Danny days. Roja uh, said it. Football is life. Football is life. Uh, he said early January, late November, December. So <laughs> we got like three months there. I'm not sure. But I forgot that we get the next year scheduled that early. So I was like, oh, sweet. Like, Literally could be weeks away, could be January. Listen, January? I'd rather take it in January. We got football through November. We're good. 
We get into basketball, right? Finish yeah, out January. the season and yeah. then reveal the schedule. Might as well be February, whatever. Last year it was a little late, but okay, okay. it's all good, Doc. All right, our question of the day is this, and it's centered on where BYU men's and women's basketball were picked to finish in their respective polls in their inaugural Big 12 basketball seasons. Remind the people. The women 11th, the men 13th out of 14 teams. Yep. That will expand to 16 teams next year. Make so, it 18 with okay. Gonzaga and UConn, I guess. Maybe. Okay, so 11th for the women, 13th for the men. Jonathan Hokinson on X says, I expect both teams to exceed their expectations as they play with a chip on their shoulder as the underdog most of the season. The men will finish in seventh to ninth place. I'll take it. In the league. And the women will finish in fifth to seventh place. Fifth I, to seventh would be nice. That's, it's just, again, you don't think like, when you, when you think about the, the number of teams, 14 teams, like finishing in the top seven for the women would be great. You're a, you are a tourney team. And if the men finish, honestly, like around 10th or 11th, like they're probably going to the NIT. That's that, how good the conference is. My hope for this group is NIT+. Plus. It is. I, I can't definitively say they'll make the NCAA tournament. I think they are lacking in a, an area or two. If there's more NIL, you can get certain kind of player, right? But BYU is a talented team that will press the Big 12 in a way that no one really sees right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Big 12 has four top 25 preseason teams, by the way. So, <clears throat> And I thought four would, was low. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to be here tomorrow, too. Men's basketball media days here from Kansas City at the T-Mobile Center. We're going to talk to all the head coaches, including Mark Pope. We'll talk to Dallin Hall as well. The Cougs and uh, Bill Self and Rodney Terry and oh, Kelvin who's Sampson who? Let's and Scott go. Drew and the list continues. It's going to be fun, man. Up next, Jerem Jordan may have found a new best friend and in the unlikeliest of places. Fraternizing with folks from Fort Worth, Jerem, an interview unlike any we've experienced before. This is BYU Sports Nation. Risk, baby! This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. On cue. Saunders. Robinson. Out ahead to Hall. Saunders for three. Banks it in. Into the mix. Sorry, he's going to dunk it home. For three. Noah Waterman. Johnson open three. Good. Here's to a bunch more of that. Made three-pointers from BYU Basketball. We are live from Big 12 Basketball Media Days at the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, and we now welcome in the head basketball coach from BYU, Mark Pope. Coach, we're here. It's Media Madness in Kansas City. What's this event like for you? Kansas City. What? You guys I, have been here for a few days now? Yeah, a day and a half. Some barbecue. Oh yeah, a little bit yes. of jazz. Couple oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, this no, it's is been a, fun. This is a, this is a great place, and I can't I can't believe we we're here now that we get a chance to be a part of this. This is um, has been building for the last hundred years, right? For, <laughs> right. for BYU, let's get a chance to be a part of this league, and and we're here now, and it's um, it's a it's a blessing for all of us, and can't wait to jump in. We got history here like almost two hundred years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, the the sure. fact that BYU no is here is pretty cool. And, and uh, you know, the league, uh, the coaches voted. BYU picked 13th. What do you do with that information? 
Well, I'm personally super hyped about that. Uh, you know, I have four daughters, and um, and I, I was one of the the fans that was wearing a, a 13 tattoo on my hand at the Taylor Swift concert. It's her lucky number, and I dig the whole thing, man. Let's go! Shout out to Taylor Swift. If we're going to be pick something that's not number one, I would prefer 13 because there's a lot of juice with that. She's I'm, in I'm this, actually hyped about that. She's in this town sometimes now. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. <laughs> that's It's perfect. If, I'm so if glad we're you to jump on a bandwagon, up. let's, let's jump on okay. the, the Taylor Swift bandwagon. I, I was going to have the girls tattoo me today. I just forgot. I didn't get to it. We're all in. 13, to 13 Swift. man, come on. The Swifties are loving this, Coach. Woo! Um, what, where does your team need to take a step forward from last year to this year to, to make you feel comfortable and better about competing in this league? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if anybody feels great about competing in this league, but um, it's the best league in college basketball. And, and, and so um, the, the, the challenges are going to come from every direction in every single way uh and and so but we have some staples that we've been working on all summer that are really important to us we're gonna have to really shoot the ball well and we're capable of doing that we have elite level shooters on this team that's really important to us um we got to trend the right way and, and we will our guys are working hard on finding ways to earn each other great shots uh they've been working on all summer on shooting the ball uh well the way we want to with the range that we want to try and expand this floor it's a big deal for us and and uh, equally as important, while we're trying to force teams to guard us uh, in instead of you know 23 by 50, we're trying to have them guard us 25 or 26 by 27, 28 by 50, right? And um, and then we have to be able to guard our yard, like we have to be able to um, show a crowd all the time, uh, and we got to find a way to guard our yard. And then this rebound is just uh, it, it, this league rebounding the ball is just a massive challenge on both ends of the floor and. And so those three uh, general spaces we've been working on. And then and the fourth area that we've been working on is getting older. I told our guys that, you know, we, we, we had one of the youngest teams were th- right around 300 last year in terms of D1 experience. And so um, their job all summer long was to get older, and we killed it. Like, they got older every single day. And so that was a win for us, and I expect us to keep getting older. I know you worked hard on that, just like uh, the hair. Um, yes. You, you've said, uh, quote, our season is going to be defined by how close we are. We know what we're up against this season we know that we're what we're going to face how close is this group how are they getting closer um they're working hard at it we actually have great leadership uh we have some guys that have stepped up uh in in, and and been really intentional about building relationships on this team um and 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 kind of forcing it right um these guys have uh, on their own are uh doing a weekly activity which um i'll let them report to you uh it's different every week and it's <laughs> ranged in all kind of activities but uh you know we've had a bunch of guys step up trevin nell has been incredible about connecting with everybody on this team and kind of bringing guys together and and you you work all that time to put capital in the bank so so when things get tough you know uh, one of our one of our our key words this year moving forward is 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 how resilient we can be and and um you do that uh, through relationships, uh, through knowing each other and loving each other and caring about each other and wanting to fight for each other, and our guys are working really hard on that, and that's going to be important for us all year long. Much has been said about, you say, getting older and just really benefiting. I thought that was our like, main advantage. Of capitalizing on football, that experience. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, experience matters yeah. for sure. What did the European trip do for your squad 
in, in helping that narrative. Yeah, I, I love these. I, I wish we could do a foreign tour every single year. It'd be awesome. It, right? It's so awesome. It's just so good for our team. You know, we always talk about um, you get 10 days of practice. So that's incredibly valued out of those 10 days of practice. And then my philosophy has always been those 10 days of practice are really, really important for us to grow and get better. And then you kind of go on this tour where you play some games and everything's weird and whatever. But it's, um, but it's just kind of like an opportunity for your team to be together. And if I, had to, if I had to choose between the 10 days of practice or the 10 days on tour that were less about basketball and more about us being together, I would take the 10 days on tour. Um, that's just how important this it is. Uh, and, and our guys took full advantage of it. Uh, we, like, we have a... Like this group of guys is really special, man. It's it, they're incredible young men. Uh, we have guys that have grown immensely over the last year or two years. Um, uh, that are just changed human beings. Like it's really inspiring to see. That's what you. That's what you dream of as a coach is to see young men grow. And um, and then we have guys that are really working to care about each other. So it's fun, and and th- th- that's really that's really what this this European tour did for us was give a chance to be together. Um, you know, and and just know each other. Expectations are high. BYU obviously did make uh, you know the NIT. What uh, what are you hoping this group can accomplish this year to kind of get back to that place in a league that is tougher yet affords you more quad one wins? Yeah, well, it gives you the chance to have a lot more quad one wins. You got about eighteen straight quad <laughs> one games, so, so we're yeah. we're not hunting for any quad one opportunities. <laughs> Mike uh, come to you. Mike Boynton told us earlier, like I'm looking at the schedule, I'm like. Oh my gosh, are we are we gonna win another game this year? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's actually it's it's like it's like nothing I've seen. I mean, it really does feel like, you know, when I was in the league, you you know, when I was at the Pacers for for example, the East Eastern Conference was so dominant just at that time period, and so when we got to finally got to take a ten day road trip out west, you're like, woo, thank goodness <laughs> we can finally win a couple games, right? And um, and so it's a gauntlet, and and um, so I think uh, you know. Listen, we want to win. Like we're very humble. We're we're an incredibly humble group. We get it. Like we understand what we're walking into, and we understand all the, you know, all the challenges that we're facing. We believe we can go win, and and that's our goal, and that's what we want to do. We're 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 not walking into this league to do anything besides going and win. And we understand there's going to be a learning curve and all that stuff that comes with it. Um, that we're all going to have to grow, and, and it's the biggest challenge that BYU basketball has ever faced. And let's go. Bring it, guys. That's why we're here. Like, I, I can't wait. Uh, we've been looking forward to this, uh, like I said, for 100 years, and, and we're here now, and it's time for us to go um, You know, figure out who we are at another level and win games. All right, Coach, we'll finish with this. And you already brought up his name, Trevin Nell. I, I feel like people have forgotten about him. Mm. Okay, he didn't play last year. Okay, key cog. What what does he bring to your team that is gonna, was so missed when he was not able to play last year? Yeah, he's he's just so dangerous as a shooter. He demands so much space, and we have a bunch of guys going into that demand space field. Trevin right now is you know forty four percent from three point line in practice, taking incredibly hard shots. You know we're three weeks in it and and two days into into training camp, and um, you know he's already over a hundred threes in live competition. Uh, like I said, he's shooting at a, at a really good clip, and he's shooting. A from deep and he's shooting them really hard shots uh racing the space and um i think that has an uh, that has an impact on the rest of our guys also um he's got this incredible ability to make everybody feel like every every shot's going in um and he's he's really grown in his in his understanding and ability on the defensive end about 
um, where he's trying to be impactful and be a little bit disruptive on the defensive end. So he's bringing all that to the team. And, of course, he brings his beautiful swag to the team and, and everything <laughs> else. And, and uh, you know, he is, he is one of 16 pieces on this team that are all really, really important. Coach, great to catch up with you in Kansas City. This is, a, this is very exciting. Yep. You know, you got a busy day, so we're going to let yep. you get out of here, but thanks for the time. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to see you, Mark. Okay, Cougar pregame live is Saturday, 5 Eastern. Listen to it on BYU Radio as Shep and the gang gets you ready for BYU and Texas Tech on the radio. Joining us next is BYU star point guard Dallin Hall, where he feels like he's made the biggest individual step forward, and he answers the same question about his team. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout this Thursday on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He's Dave. I'm Jerem. Let's get to today's headlines. We got a lot to talk about. BYU offensive coordinator... Aaron Roderick speaking with the media last night, giving us an injury update on Aiden Robbins. I think he's really close. I think there's a good chance he'll play this week. Um, and we miss him. Yeah, I think I think Aiden's a good player. And I um, he, he did a great job in, in fall camp. And obviously, we watched very closely what he did last year. You know, that rushed for 1,000 yards last year. So it, we'd love to get him back and looking forward to his return. I'll tell you, the weather, the practice last night, fantastic. Just like the best week of the year. Cougars, Texas Tech play at 5 Eastern time, or game day starts at 5 Eastern time, BYU TV, BYU Radio. The game is at 7 Eastern. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Daniel Sorensen will play tonight for the Saints in Thursday night football against the Jaguars. Jamal Williams has been on the injured reserve for the last four weeks, but he is uh, back, activated, and uh, could play tonight. Excited to have him back. Let's go three Cougs in the house. It'd be good. Number nine, BYU women's volleyball hosting Iowa State, the first of two matches at the Smithfield House hey. tonight. BYU third in the Big 12, Iowa State fourth. You can watch tonight's game, 9 Eastern time on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus with the golden tones. Uh, just tones, I think, but thank you. Uh, men and women's basketball. <laughs> Depend, well, it depends on the day. Is holding Midnight Madness tonight at the Merritt Center. See, that would be golden to me. The doors open at 1030. That's PM with the show starting at 1130. You going tonight, Dave? It's more creepy than golden. <laughs> uh, no, I, I will not be there, but it looks like it's going to be awesome. It's going to be late. BYU swimmers Jordan Tiffany and Emma Markasova were both honored by the Big 12 yesterday. Emma being named Co-Women's Swimmer of the Week, Jordan being named Men's Newcomer of the Week. Track and Field held the 11th Annual Curtis Pugsley Awards Banquet. Kenneth Rooks, Claire Seymour were named the award winners for top performing male and female athletes in the program. That is a big deal internally for those teams. Pretty cool. Today, the Big 12 partnering with BYU hosting a joint women's empowerment homecoming event is underway already at the Marriott Center. It's going to go till 2 this afternoon. Live performances, panel discussions, motivational messages focusing on women's mental health. And it's an extension of BYU's homecoming theme this year, which is Lean into Light. Those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. NCAA Division I Women's Soccer Committee will reveal the in-season top 16 tonight. Where do you expect BYU will fall on the seed line? Top seven, RPI's number three, and BYU has been really good this year at 12-1-3. I expect them to be in a good spot to potentially get a number one seed in a region. That'd be sweet. 
That would be That's sweet. the ticket to long-term health. Yeah, play at home tournament. for four games. Oh, yeah. Big 12 Director of Officiating Curtis Shaw told the media at Big 12 Basketball Media Days that the charge call rules have been altered to where, quote, it will now be almost impossible to draw a legal charge. What are your thoughts on this? Listen, it's already hard for them to decide the difference. And depending on the official is what you get each night. Now they're going to make it harder. This stinks for Richie son. He's good at drawing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But anytime they tinker with that one, that's a tough one. A lot of great so area. subjective. You have to get set and, and totally stopped. Yeah, that's a good thing. Jayhawk Lasso tweeted uh, some AI images of scary movie villains. These are they scary. They were Big 12 fans, which had Dracula as a BYU fan. Then at Crowberry responded to the tweet and said that the Dracula in this image looks like you. So, Jerem, do you moonlight as Dracula? I, I do not. Uh, Dracula holding like a baby cougar, though. That, that's, that's interesting. The answer is no. Uh, I think my hairline is a little different. It is a little. What was some moose? With some moose, anything's Love possible. Yeah. Love Halloween. BYU Dining announced they will be selling bacon-covered cougar tails at the Texas Tech game Saturday. Will you be trying one? No, I will not. On game day, if I give you one, will you try one? No, I don't like the maple on the cougar tails. You, now, the chocolate covers, I'll eat those. Yeah. Uh, I don't need maple, I don't need bacon on a cougar tail. I just need chocolate icing. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the combo in one bite. I will, however, remove the bacon, enjoy it, and then, and then eat the maple bar. Hey, let's put some bacon on that and roll it out. <laughs> Check out the Her Why podcast with Lauren McLean. Cougar track star Delita Shaw talks about transitioning from the U.S to the U.S. from the U.K. and the pros and cons of being a lifestyle influencer. You can find it on the BYU Radio app or wherever you get your podcast. You're kind of a lifestyle influencer, right? Not as much as uh, the league. Show. Parker Kingston is one of the top freshmen on the football team this year. Coming up after the break, Dave talks with Kingston about overcoming the big hit at Kansas as BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's play a little Know the Foe. Jeremy Jordan, Dave McCann. I have not done well in this. I need to get to know the foe better. Let's start it off. Typically, the uh, co-host would start this, uh, Colton. Who's going to begin today? Jerem, uh, I'm going to start with you today. You're still Switch it up. Thank yep, you. Yeah, yeah. Like you Still going to start with you. Okay, question number one. Texas Tech fans, they throw a certain food in the air. Tortillas. Oh, you know this one. I already know it. I watched oh. last week's game. I know. BYU used to do this. You remember, Dave? BYU used to throw tortillas yes. on the field? Yeah. yeah. That was going to be my fun fact, but That's you beat me it. to the punch. <laughs> Okay, all right, Dave, your first question. Texas Tech's mascot has been the Red Raiders since 1936, featuring the masked rider rides a horse onto the field. Right. What was Texas Tech's mascot before 1936? Is it the Matadors, the Stags, the Big Red, or Mustangs? Not the Mustangs, that's SMU, and I hate SMU, so I'm gonna go Matadors. Nice! Little CS. Feels uh, like Matadors would just be a, yeah. you know, a, the movement down to what we Yeah, the Spanish influence there. I guess. Yeah. Okay, awesome. All right, hey, next question. Well, uh, next question. BYU's lone matchup with Texas Tech was in Lubbock in 1940. Texas Tech won the game 21-20. Who was BYU's starting quarterback? In the game? <laughs> George Jackson, Kenny Jensen, D. Chipman, or George Wing? Come on, everyone knows it. I've never heard of these four in my <laughs> life. Oh, dude, Kenny Jackson sounds like a quarterback in the 40s. <laughs> you, get, you get a ticket. 
What's your guess? Everyone knows it was George Wing back then. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, Dee Chipman started quarterback. Uh, he is guess. the only one of those four players who did not throw a touchdown pass in the game. The other three all threw touchdown passes, but he was the starting all quarterback. All from BYU? All from BYU. Fun fact. Four quarter, you, they were another, the Oklahoma State of the 40s. Here's another fun fact. Texas Tech only completed two passes that entire game. Wow. One went for a touchdown. There you go. 46 yarder. It's like you've been researching for game now. A little bit. All right, next but, question. But, uh, but not these kind of things. Keanu Hill's dad, Lloyd Hill, retired as the Red Raiders all-time leading receiver with 3,059 yards, which is still good for fourth all-time. Who is Texas Tech's current all-time leading receiver? Dave, this is for you. Is oh, it Wes Welker, Crabtree, Jakeem Grant, or this is a good group. Amendola? This, right? I, this I don't know Jakeem Grant very well, but those top three, yeah. Those are guys who are awesome. I, I, uh... I'm going to go Crabtree, but I really wanted to oh, go Welker. Wait, okay, I will go. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know who Team Grant is. I'll just. Was Welker. Welker was after. Yeah. Welker? Who is it? Uh, it is Jakeem Grant. Amendola played Grant. at Texas Tech? We should have went with the guy. Amendola did play at Texas Tech. Okay. They're all in the top 10 in all-time receivers. We should have went with Grant. the guy we didn't think should have been on the list. <laughs> this, well, I was hoping it wouldn't be just a random guy. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, this one's for you. Here in, we go. In August 1951, a group of Texas Tech professors experienced the origin of what's known as the Lubbock Lights. So what is the Lubbock Lights? Is it the first recorded meteor shower, the furthest south recorded sighting of the Northern Lights, the malfunctioned rocket launch from Johnson Space Center in Houston, or a claimed UFO <laughs> sighting? I assume this is for the win, because we only have two minutes left. Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> let's do, let's do a, uh, let's do a malfunction rocket launch. <laughs> since, since it's going Lubbock Lights, I'm gonna go Northern Lights. It is uh, one of the first major claimed <laughs> UFO sightings. I thought you had West to be closer Texas. to New Mexico for that. Well, Lubbock, not. West Texas, you know, yeah. you're over there. All right, that wraps up today's Know the Foe. I don't feel like I know tie. the foe any yes. better. I, listen, I'm like BYU soccer at home until recently. Ties. You know what I'm saying? There's no overtime. Now they win. This is how this is? Yeah, now they win, though. All right. Okay. Our question of the day. What do you think BYU's biggest advantage will be against Texas Tech? Our lead voice of the day is this, presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Brendan Smith, QB play. I think Keaton bounces back. We keep making steps forward in the run game. Perhaps Aiden Robbins plays, and that helps. The expectations are low. He comes in and he gets four yards. We go, wow, look at that. LJ Martin's been good, but this O-line's got a block. The receiver's got a block. Come on now. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Take a look at uh, these unis. These are the unis that were worn back in 1940 when BYU played Texas How Tech. about that? There's some orange in there. That legit, two seasons, 40 and 41. And there's a, the only meeting between these two, as you mentioned, BYU wore the orange. What if we came out in the orange stripes on Saturday It'd night? It'd be so bad. After halftime, under the lights. Would I that would, be too much? I would take the bibs over the orange, honestly. Um, that Yeah, we look like tigers there. Um, <laughs> cougars, not, not tigers. 21-20. That was a tough day right there. <laughs> yes, it was. Thanks to today's guests, Bill Self and Parker Kingston. Episode, uh, you know what? Everything continues on our social media platforms, X, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Sorry to Dennis Pinnett. We ran out of time. Uh, for Dave, I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Amy Boswell. We've got volleyball tonight. Yeah. We got a big weekend and tomorrow. We got a big weekend homecoming on campus. Chase Roberts looking to score again. Cougar tails with bacon. Let's go, baby. Go Cougs. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook 
using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. So far, so good for the freshman receiver Parker Kingston out of Roy, Utah. Is he the best Roy Royal since Jim McMahon? Perhaps he is. He might be. Fastest, for sure. <laughs> we know that. Uh, Parker got lit up in that Kansas game, uh, and we're going to talk about that. I caught up with him yesterday after practice. We'll talk about where he's been and where this team is going. Here's my conversation with Parker Kingston. Parker, how you feeling? Good, good. I'm healthy. Feel ready to get going against uh, Texas Tech this week. That hit against Kansas, we have to talk about it. Have you ever been hit that hard? Nope, hardest I've been hit. I mean, it, I got one close in high school when I played quarterback, but nothing like that. When that happened, I thought, right, is he going to get up? Now, you're tough by nature. When you got up, did you know where you were? Um, yeah, for I had to get my surroundings for a second, fill out where, what was going on. But after that, once I calmed down, I, I realized what happened and I felt fine. But Now a lot of that's football, but that hit was extraordinary. Yeah. And so how do you come back from that, thinking that you know, might get a hit like that again? Um, I feel like I come back better because I got that out of my way. I know what the hardest hit feels like. I don't need to be like worried about like getting smacked like that again because I already know what it feels like. And next time I'll probably be able to just get back up if it's not if it's not straight to the head what do you think about when you watch that replay it was a good hit uh he came in laid the boom and it was a great play by him team got hit pretty hard at tcu now it's texas tech on saturday night what's been the mood at practice um just coming back firing on all cylinders uh showing that that was not who we are uh we can't wait to play again on on Saturday and show who what our offense really is and not what we put out on t on Saturday. Get the feeling uh, that this is an agitated bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're uh, we're gripping and clawing every day, just trying to get trying to show what we can do and not what we put on film on TCU. There's no history of BYU in the Big 12 or in Power Five football, so kind of learn as you go. Was Saturday a reality check of it's just like this? every week? Um, I don't think so. I think we just came out flat. Um, their guys weren't any better than our guys. I mean, we matched up well. They just they just played the best game and we played our worst game and it happened to fall on us. So I think we match up with every single team in the Big 12 and we can compete with anyone we play against. This passing game, and, and you're, you're out and about, you're on campus, you got friends, everyone talking about, hey, shouldn't there be more short passes? And I'm sure Aaron Roderick's talking about that tonight. But in your scheme, when the run game is slowed, is that not the answer? Um, I don't know. I'm, I honestly don't know. I trust A-Rod, I trust what he calls, and I just go and try and execute what he calls. Do you look for plays, especially where you go, hey, I'm fast enough to make this thing work, like your double hitch back yeah. on Saturday? Yeah, they, we were game planning that all week, and we knew if I got that safety over top of me that he bites hard on any move, and that's what he did, and I just beat him. Your quarterback took a lot of hits on Saturday. What's he been like in practice as a veteran looking to lead a team in a bounce back? Yeah, he's bringing everyone together. He's brought everyone together every single day. Just gave us that talk like, hey, we need to, we need to be firing all cylinders. We can't be lackadaisical these days. We got we to gotta come out strong against Texas Tech and show what we can do. 
So this team's 19-1 and one in the last 20 night games. A lot of those night games you were at Roy High School. Mm -hmm. Not a part of, but you were part of the ones this year. Yeah. What is it about night that brings energy? I don't know. I think it's the crowd. The crowd brings the energy. Um, we get hyped up playing in front of our fans and in front of the Rock, and it's going to be a fun atmosphere on Saturday. Saturday night after this game, the Big 12 will know what about BYU? Uh, that we're dogs and we're here to come win the championship this year. Okay, good luck. Thank you. Avoided some of those mega hits, all okay, right? I'll try. I'll try. Parker Kingston, right after practice last night. Uh, so you've got October, weather's changing, the football team's kind of this, and you got crows flying around. There were some you know, crows that were given, get, wanted to be interviewed there. <laughs> yeah. It's, ah! it's the whole scene. Yeah. It's the whole scene of October over there. And, and it was fright night back at TCU. That was tough. A chance to, to bounce back, and Kingston has the kind of speed that can make a difference. He has some of the biggest plays of the season. The 42-yard catch was a huge one. The 37-yard throw at Arkansas was a massive one. He catches a touchdown pass yeah. later in the Arkansas game. This, this kid can play, and he, he, we never would have thought Cody Epps was hurt to this degree, let alone that Parker would have six more catches midway right. through the year than Cody Epps does. Uh, but here we are, Cody 2 for 14 at this point. Perhaps uh, we have a breakout from uh, Cody on Saturday. We'll get the need for speed, Kingston's healthy and get him the ball. Track star. And, and Epps will certainly be welcome back. Women's volleyball is on tonight against Iowa State at the Smith Fieldhouse. Coverage starts at 9 Eastern on ESPN Plus with Jerem, Amy Gant, and Kenzie Dolly on the call. BYU 8-0 at home. Fieldhouse will be rocking on homecoming week. They've only lost three sets all year at home. It's been wild. Coming up, we play Know the Foe. Am I going to win finally? That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, on BYU TV and BYU Radio.